Right. What is the first topic? Uh, HomePod rings. Which sounds, it sounds like a disease, isn't it? <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty rough today, and I know Jordan probably is as well, as we have been moving into... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean we've been partying? Because we're party animals. Oh, we feel rough because we've been partying like party animals, not because we've been moving into a house and having to move boxes. And open those boxes that seems to be harder this time than ever before and also then put together furniture which is a pain and lift it up three or four flights of stairs how many times have you been to ikea over the last few days uh uh, to be fair only twice but uh, there's two problems (laughs) (laughs) one the ikea is like from here like so i'm used to an ikea being like 10 15 minutes away where we are right now it's an hour and a like 20 minutes away so it's it's a longer journey like, yeah far. but the first time we went we we did it in traffic we did it in rush hour traffic yeah. in london which was painful. painful to say the least yeah really painful each time we have gone we have filled my car up to the absolute brim and we've been carrying around like two trolleys on a trip but we're all done now and like it was painful but we've we've got everything we need apart from a knife set um which I'll pick up. And a washing drainer. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I am glad that I have a bigger car now because this would have been horrible without without it. It would have been even more horrible. It was an interesting few days, to say the least. I mean, the, the, the downside to this is the house is now full of boxes. Oh, yeah. I'm laid on... on the, the only thing that I have constricted in my room is, is the new bed. And then the outer room bit has... Just a mountain of cardboard on the floor that I keep stepping over to go up and down the stairs. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the stairwell right now. Um, let's let's just say you can't get to the stairwell because there's too many cushions for the new sofa, and yeah. it, it's all in in like it's all in like cling film. So if you try to step on it, you slip down the stairs and break your neck. So the most important thing is when are you going to get the internet? Oh god, oh, you know what even, I was thinking about. Don't this. even. It's so. Our, our router, our, our, first of all, I can't get Virgin, we can't get Virgin Media down here. We can only get Sky. Which sucks, absolutely. And I don't understand, Sky Fiber still requires a phone line. Virgin Media uh, Fiber yes. doesn't. Anyway. Um, I can tell you a little bit about this if you want. Maybe later. You want to expl- okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine. And then, uh, so the activation date is the 5th of March, which I was originally told it would be the 28th of February, but... Uh, they pushed it back miles away. Yeah, so we've, I'm currently running off of a uh, an e hotspot. Jordan's currently running off of his phone. I assume. Yeah, I don't think two of us can use the e hotspot to do such taxing things on the internet, like stream a Skype call or whatever it is we do. Yeah, so uh, we should probably get into follow up, and um, so the the HomePod. Uh, actually, just after recording our last episode, which seems like uh, ages ago, um, people started noticing that the, the bottom of the HomePod was leaving uh, rings on wood surfaces with an oil or wax finish across the bottom of it, and I thought that was something we should probably follow up with. Um, what do you guys think of this? Do you think it's just a bit ridiculous? Do you think it's Apple's 
like um, yeah problem. I think um, I think it's, pur- it's purposeful. Apple are now making new um, surfaces, like you know, like drawers for people to sell, like to sell people <laughs> so they'll work the with the HomePod business. only. And basically, yeah. And, and what what's happening is, you know, how you have to buy the Apple. You know, they they, they replace like something, and now you have to use a dongle. So now you you have to replace your own chest of drawers or work surface with the Apple work service that will not be stained by a HomePod. It's the, mar- it's the new sales strategy. Well, I think it's a bit of a shame that they've managed to get all the way out to, you know, them being out in the world before they've caught this issue. Um, it, it's kind of a sign on their on their quality issues that they've had recently. However, I did see that other people said, well, yeah, also Sonos does this and, you know, various other uh, speakers and devices that have these rings on the bottom as well. Maybe not as bad. Yeah. But, um, mm. Yeah, so, I guess it's just a thing that happens with these kinds of devices. I don't know. It it does seem that the HomePod's the worst of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a photo of that, and it was... I mean, it, it literally looked like someone had spilled bleach in a ring on yeah, wood. And it, yeah, and it happens in a smaller amount of time. Yeah. The interesting thing is that apparently this is, this has been in development for a long, long time. Or something like I think five to six years or something like that. Yeah, and but that's probably been the in... audio system, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's piece that'll be PCB design. But the actual hardware, like as a product, has been in homes of Apple employees for uh, like a year. So, uh, but it might not be the final case, right? You, you just don't know. Right. Like, and there's obviously some variables here. But if if there's anything going on there that was similar to, um, you know how 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 it is now then it's it's a bit of a shame they didn't catch it. And why their other products, like the Apple TV, doesn't do this. Is this like, Oh, that's a good point. This? I didn't even think of that. Well, because, yeah, because th- those products have the same bases. Uh, um, actually, no, the Apple TV doesn't. What does the Apple TV have underneath it's, it's it? It's got, like, one of those rubbery bases. Yeah, like, it's you like know, a like... rubber cover. Well, not cover. It's, like, part of the case. Oh, right. Do you, do you remember the Mac Mini? It's got yeah. the same kind of bases that that had. Yeah, so it's quite a large surface area. Yeah. Um, whereas this is like a ring of some kind of fire. No, is this is this happening because fire. it's it's vibrating? And it's, it's... I doubt it. I, I think I I think I read that it was some kind of oil that's coming out of it. It's mm. oil coming out of it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's made it's made from like a rubber, a plastic yeah, rubber. Yeah. That's what that's that's what they're made out of, isn't it? Which is oil. Rubber is oil. Yeah, but. I, I I don't get why it's it's coming out of it. Why it's oozing? Yeah, it, like there's a river below flowing every time it moves. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bit weird. It is a bit weird. You're right, and it it does seem like someone who is as good at manufacturing as Apple should have. Caught, yeah, basically, they've they've had software problems quite a lot recently, and it's a bit of a shame to see this starting to. Well, I, I guess in fact. The, the hardware problems started before the software problems because of the the MacBook Pro keyboards that are all starting to fail now. Um, like the one I've got right here, um, I expect that to fail at some point because it's ridiculous and and everyone has a problem with it uh, breaking keys. Uh, so the, the the hardware problems started before the software problems. I think the software problems have been more uh, widely known, I guess, and 
both fronts, both hardware and software, need to be a bit more controlled and refined. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. It's both both sides, isn't it? Yeah, and I I did hear recently that they are switching to a two-year release cycle. So any features that get done, features will take two years, and anyone that gets done is ready to ship within a year or when those years overlap, then... Software or hardware? Software. What? What? That's that's pretty weird. That's that's ridiculous, that shit. Whoops. Well, uh, I I mean, look at something like um, Windows. They want to have two releases a year, don't they? For Windows 10. Yeah, this is, it's a bit... One release every two years would be mental. Yeah, but what... I mean, presumably there are point releases or small updates, but, but we're talking about feature releases. But typically Apple release features are now every year, right? They don't do mid-year updates typically. They wait until WWDC or, the, well, fall, right? So essentially that's still going to continue, but there's going to be cycles of two-year stints happening for a feature at a time so that it has more time to be ready. Because what happens is they, they try and build a feature in a year, which is quite a long time, and then they ship it, and it doesn't work for a year anyway. So I guess they're just trying well, to keep yeah, it more internal over time, nah, so that when they ship nah. it, it's ready. I, I, I really don't think that will help. The, the reason why they fix it within a year and not they fix it within three years is because the general public have it, and then they can spot well, the bugs. That's obviously part of it, yeah, which is something I was just thinking about. I don't know. That doesn't. I I would be very surprised if Apple do actually do this mm. because it's just totally not. Maybe they just need to do it for a while to catch up. Um, to what just like sort one, of... for one cycle? Because that's two years. That's a lot to, to catch up. They'll be two years behind. Yeah, but just, just think. Just think when when Microsoft uh, did their secure computing initiative, they they basically stopped all development features until mm. they sorted out their security issues, and that's worked out really well for them. I mean, I know at the time, you know, we got this update to Windows XP and we got the update to Windows Server that -hmm. was essentially a a totally different kernel, a totally new version of Windows, essentially, but was just given away for free because they had to sort all those security issues out and, and, you know, have a new base moving forward. And it worked really well for them. And perhaps Apple needs that time for quality. Well, it's security as well, isn't it? Because we've had the issues with skipping passwords, logging in as root and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So staying on uh, top, uh, stay, well, staying on follow-up, uh, I just wanted to mention that I actually had a thought on my walk this morning about how a HomePod would actually be quite interesting to have right now for me. And Why? you guys are going to probably probably get worried about this. But, okay. So at home, in, in my normal house, I have um, my phone, which I carry around, and my iPad. Um, but I also have a speaker in my office, some like Harman Kardon speakers, and a speaker downstairs in my TV, and I play things through them occasionally, like music or podcasts, and then I can hear them around the house, or wherever I am. And this place that we're in right now, like I don't have anything to play audio through. I don't have a speaker, and that... I kind of want one. I I, I kind yeah. of want something to like. Oh, when I'm cooking in the kitchen to like play things through, and yeah. right, like uh, I mean, there are other third party options, and I yeah. To be fair, I did also consider a Sonos. Yeah. Right. Okay. Stop. Yeah. Sonos. Right. Okay. Fine. Right. 
let's just stop a sec. Okay. I totally see the reason why you would want a HomePod in this scenario. It's like, oh, I need something to listen to music out of, and the HomePod is there, right? But honestly, for some, like, I'm in the same house as you. The fact that it doesn't support, st- support stereo and also, like, multi-room, you're going to want, like, a speaker in your bedroom, and you're going to want a speaker downstairs, and you want a speaker in the living room, right? Or we are, right? And there'll be a point where we just want to play the same song out of every room in the house, right? Mm-hmm. That works amazingly with Sonos. So we could have like a Play 5 in the kitchen, right, where this is the biggest room in the house. You could have a Play 1 or the Mini 1 up in your bedroom and a Mini 1 in the living room, right? And then if we wanted to just have a house party, and I don't actually mean a house party, but like, you know, let's just rock some music out of the house, then all three of these devices we could just sync up and play them from Spotify, right? If you wanted to do that with a HomePod, we would need three HomePods, and that's really expensive compared to one Play 5 and two Play 1s. It is. I mean, Sonos are pretty expensive as well, to be fair. Yeah, but you, we can also get a Sonos Play amp, which or just the amp where it's just it's literally just a Sonos with an amp in it, and you connect your own speakers up to it, and it yeah. becomes a Sonos. Well, either way, I mean, there's obviously some screens we had here. I did also, yeah, like I said, I also considered the Sonos with Alexa in because I went into the kitchen yesterday and well, tried... Sonos has Alexa built in. Yeah, there's an option. Yeah, there's a there's a Ooh. product now. Um, Really? Yeah. So I, I went into the kitchen yesterday and I was like, oh, I wonder what the temperature is because it's pretty cold. And I was just like, oh, Ale- oh, I don't have an Echo device here. So uh, that might be quite helpful. Kind of kill two birds with one stone. So that's all I want to say on that. It's 200 pounds. Yeah, it is. So they're still pricey. And, it, and it's... Mm, but it is a Sonos though. It basically looks like a Play 1 with the... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, it is a Play 1. <laughs> so, uh, moving on from from HomePod follow-up and house-related things. Uh, Jordan, first question, did you create a workflow yet? <laughs> In a manner of speaking, I did. What did you do? I decided that I didn't need the workflow because... I could just ditch the application that I wanted to do the workflow for and switch everything the to OneNote. Is no, I didn't. Did you create any workflow yet? <laughs> no. Right. I literally could not find a use for it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I, I raffled off a few um, ideas to you the other day. Yeah, I know, and then I realized that I, I have still. Okay. Neither can I. So. You had some thoughts as well about your your digital life. Obviously, uh, previously on the the Uh, podcast, you mentioned how this year you were focusing on transitioning things to digital rather than uh, analog, maybe. So let me give you an update on the year of iPad. (laughs) You're doing that now, are you? I've been waiting to do that all morning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um... yeah, no, I, I, it's really interesting. Um, I have stopped all mm, pen and paper notes. Um, I didn't think I would completely stop using things like field notes and my actual Jetstream Prime and all my pens and stuff. But I had a discussion with Jules maybe yesterday, and I was just like, mm. I don't know if I need to carry my field notes and all my pens and pencils around with me anymore because 99% of everything I've done in the last month and a half has been digital on the iPad and actually been really productive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the The problem I was having over the last two two or three weeks was 
I would have all my doodles and my diagrams and everything that I did with the Apple Pencil, so my digital ink work in Paper 53. Mm-hmm. And the yep. workflow I wanted to create was a workflow that would just automatically put them into my OneNote with like a date and a title, right? And obviously, you know, workflow is very powerful and you can use all these like URI schemes and stuff like that. I get that. But I I kind of just said to myself, well, all my everything I do is in my OneNote, apart from paper. And the reason the reason I do every all my notes in paper is because the paper it has um, some nice little features on this pen where it like it'll if you draw a straight line it'll automatically straighten it for you. Yeah. And same kind of kind of like OneNote has like draw to shape, you know, ink mm-hmm. to shape, right? But it's mainly those straight lines, and OneNote doesn't have it. So I just kind of conceded to the fact that there is no ruler in the iPad version of OneNote, which I'll that get sucks. to in a second because I think that's ridi- that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I, to be honest, the the new version of OneNote for I, like iPad, you know, I say new, the one that's the, you know, the UWP version, we'll call it because it it looks exactly the same. Yeah, it it was it was when they did their re their rebrand to change from one purple to another purple, and they um and they updated all the apps at the same time with the new navigation structure. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's really a name for it, but it's it is yeah the the new generation of OneNote apps and I, the iPad app got updated at the same time. Yeah, and it all kind of looks similar. So the UWP set of apps on Windows work; they look exactly the same as the iPad. But yeah, very very similar. But um, one thing I found originally when I got my Surface Book um, before I had the iPad is I tried digital ink with my Surface Book just with the tablet and the pen, and it, in OneNote I found it quite difficult. I found it quite difficult to actually get the kind of style of notes that I wanted from my my digital pen. And so I switched to Paper 53, and I was like, okay, this is all right. Because if you do something like the Apple, use Apple Notes for, for digital ink, it's got this lovely option for like a pencil or a pen. And I used the pencil like religiously in that in Apple Notes when I first got my iPad Pro 13, the big one, um, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I loved it. Why? Because it kind of, it was the closest thing to actually paper, like the physical paper, like with my pencil that I... I could get to, I was like, wow, this actually feels like when I look back on it, it actually looks like my handwriting in pencil and it actually has the same feeling, has the same look. Um, But when I tried OneNote, I I just was like, no, absolutely not. So kind of Paper 53 was in the middle and it was like, right, I I like the writing style of the writing that I get out of this in terms of how it looks and how I read it back. And OneNote at the time, just they didn't have much support for drawing in the actual iPad app it wasn't all there they didn't they've only recently in the last few months updated it mm-hmm. I believe to be to be a little bit better like for instance Jules the the you know how you drew on the UWP version of OneNote uh, with the uh, pen that could be like that's the universe the glitter. Like, glitter yeah the pen, glitter yeah. Gl- glitter pen that wasn't there when I originally was using paper no, 53 it wasn't um so they've also updated the drawing engine for it. So I switched to it like a week and a half ago properly yep. and I was just like, you know what? The lack of ruler, they must, they have to deal with this at some point because it's the only thing that's stopping me. Mm-hmm. Drawing slates, just drawing straight lines, right? I'm still going to keep paper on my iPad though because I really do like it. Yeah, and you can always you can always send those those paper items to OneNote and categorize them then, I guess. On a, yeah, on the, the difference is they're images. Yeah, I know that, but... Yeah. 
I would say actually, Jordan, that the um, looking at your notes in, so we've got a shared uh, OneNote, which is used by our engineering team, and uh, looking at those, they look like your handwriting. It looks exactly mm. like your handwriting. I can tell that that's your handwriting. It's, it's, it's exactly the same as if you would write it on a whiteboard. It looks very, yeah. very similar to if you write it on a whiteboard. And up until like recently, it could I couldn't get it to be like that. And that's why I like, I like that continuity. You're, you're using the pen, mm. right? You're using the pen in OneNote. You're not using a pencil. Yeah? It looks like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what have you what have you done with all the old all the old uh, drawings and notes in in paper? Well, this is the thing, there? right? I've I've yet to categorize them because that's what I would want a workflow for. Having said this, when we discussed it, your the the suggestion was create a workflow that goes in. You know, when you hit the share button on iPad, it comes up with an icon to send to OneNote or yeah. send to your paper well if i'm doing creating one of them from workflow to go to OneNote, why don't i just use the share and center OneNote method right, exactly. that's already built I mean, in the main problem <laughs> so. is that you can't select many uh photos for example many notes from paper to then send to OneNote in one book you can have to do a manual job i don't know how exactly. much you've got in there but that could be a problem i got a lot i got a lot i got over 100 100 pages of notes yeah i mean that's, that's not going to be fun then there must be something possible here i mean does does paper have any any web related uh i've not actually looked at it i think they offer a backup service but you have to pay for it okay well it's something to look into so maybe we can follow with that next time yeah i mean the likelihood is i'm just gonna have to manually do it yeah probably um so we spoke a couple of episodes ago about the the ergo docs ez uh ez sorry keyboard um, the funky ergonomic keyboard with like 32 layers and all this kind of crazy stuff and the ortholinear ortho layout. Um, I went into the office about two weeks ago and I was speaking to Jules and Jordan and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm taking the plunge. And I spent uh, some quite a considerable large amount of money uh, for a keyboard, at the, you know, uh, on, on ordering one and I'm waiting for that to arrive. Uh, so wanted to mention that and i'm looking forward to testing it out when i actually get it uh if i actually get it because i haven't seen my order move at all uh in the past like three to four weeks i don't know how long i've waited already i have nothing else to say on that uh any anything from you guys i was just looking forward to you getting it so we can have a look mm, i uh like i want to try it out i was up in the leeds office with you guys um, I had no keyboard, so I was just direct screen to to Surface Book and using the Surface Book keyboard. But um, I need another keyboard for being up north when I'm up north. Yeah, I'm currently working the situation out as well. Mm. And the problem is the Ergo Docs is expensive, and if I get used mm. to it, it's like it's you're gonna want both one in pounds each. to have two of them, mm. minus transport. Uh, you know, in, uh, was it uh, customs tax? Was it? Some charge anyway, so it's a, it's a problem to work out. But I don't think I can. I'm gonna have to travel with one for now because I can't justify. I mean, I haven't even got one yet. So yeah, we, you don't even know if you like exactly. it exactly. Uh, I'm hoping I do though because because it's money. Um, so uh, the I've been seeing a lot of stuff, uh, Jules. You probably again you'll know more about this than me. I imagine about uh, Windows 10 running on more devices like uh, Raspberry Pis and uh, even some phones. I saw actual, not just uh, the install screens, but the an actual operating system running on, on yeah. maybe a phone. 
Yeah, there was a, in fact, actually, I saw a tweet uh, last night about this where someone's got a, the, the full on version of uh, Windows 10 for, for ARM yeah. running on uh, a Lumia device. Actually, I'm not sure which one it was. I don't think it was a 950 XL, but it was one of the Lumia devices, which is pretty impressive. Um, and also we've seen them running on the, uh, people have got the, got it running on the Raspberry Pi. I don't actually know where they've got these copies of the operating system from mm. because it's not, Oh, yeah. I don't think it's generally available, um, but uh, they are starting to become available on devices like HP have um, their MV uh, computer, which is uh, running an ARM chip. And they, these are the ones that give that amazing battery life where it's like weeks of standby and, uh, you know, all day usage. Um, but yeah, it's it's happening. And this is, this is uh, uh, happening with the Redstone 4 version of windows which is the version that's just about to be finished mm-hmm. um which i would say i'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed that they never fixed the icon for the um for timeline i feel like timeline is not as good as it should be but I'll, i'm going to save that for another time um but yeah this this version of windows this kernel this full-on version of windows yeah running on more devices than ever this is not windows rt this is not windows mobile this is the proper windows 10 running on these devices quite quite cool i guess this kind of lines up with it getting closer to andromeda maybe yes and um the the latest rumors are that microsoft might actually have a developer device before the end of the year and whether they actually have the commercial version available for anyone to buy so the consumer version interesting would you we don't know would you buy one a developer device before you buy a commercial device I probably not, probably not. Um, I probably wait for the, um, for the actual consumer device to come out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we did, we did also see another, uh, another paint and design, which I, I said to you, and, uh, you mentioned that they're hard to see because they're just, just slide drawings. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. Pretty mental. And this, this one, um, this one specifically was focused around the magnets inside the case that are used to, to close the device, uh, when, when it's, when you close it, right. To hold the device mm. together when it's yeah. closed. And the interesting thing here was that the the design uh, that was the subject of the paint was the fact that it had magnets inside that would turn, uh, that would rotate inside in order for it to work on both sides. So when you're closing it with screens in and when you're closing it with screens on mm. the outside, yeah. which again matches up to the kind of thing we're hearing about this hinge, which will allow for it to go both ways. Love um, a good hinge. And, you know... Yeah, and and who would who would have thought that these magnets would be so complicated as well? Because you know they they they've got very very limited space in here. We've mm. seen the camera designs that include half the camera in one side and half the camera in the other side to, to so that you know you don't you're not duplicating space. Yeah. Um. It's, again, it's really a lot of crazy engineering having to go into this thing. Um, I'm interested to see it. I, I, I'm I'm not sure if I'll like it, but. I'm sure you you may you you'll probably like it. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as it's available, you gotta get one. Good, and then we can have yeah. a play. I hope you're enjoying today's show, uh, episode 18 of the Mavis Podcast. If you would like to find the show notes for today's episode, you can go to mavispodcast.com/slash18. You can also find us on Twitter at Mavis Podcast, and uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Tweet us your questions, and we'll answer them on the show. Moving on, uh, recently there were some problems uh, in in the Apple Store, the Apple uh, App Store, um, 
with apps being denied for use of emoji. And essentially, um, if the user didn't type that emoji in, then anything else was getting rejected, essentially. So if you had a, a label that you had in your own app that wasn't user typed that you'd put in as like a design feature, um, yeah. it would then cause a rejection. Seems so weird to And me. at the same time, some people were getting apps through and some people were getting rejected. Um, and it seems like in, inside of Apple, they don't really know what it is and where they stand with, with this situation of using emoji. I, I, I mean, I don't see... A, I think, um, personally, using emoji for branding is a silly idea because emoji changes over time and it's something you should probably avoid. Um, also, you yeah. can't because that is Apple's property and you can't put it in your branding. However, if you're on, uh, hmm. if you're building an application and it's like, hey, click this, this love heart button to send, you know, to send us a like, you know, so we know you like the app, right? Some, you know, something like that. I know that's probably not allowed anymore, but. Something, something silly, kind of like the feedback thing you get in Microsoft. Yeah, apps. like if yeah, that was thumb, emoji, thumbs up, thumbs down on GitHub that, and things like that. I mean, yeah. it's just that's what people do. So that kind of thing wouldn't be allowed right now. Or I'm, I'm not sure silly. how this actually uh, has changed uh, over the, the time. And this is the thing. I'm not sure why they were so what they're so concerned about because I guess what's happened is Apple have become, you know, whether they uh, aimed for this or not, uh, they became. Uh, it's in a lot of ways the benchmark for emoji and everyone is actually converging closer on apple's style of emoji now using in my opinion people having the same intent as apple no problem duplicating those actual images like pixel for pixel Mm -hmm. and saying this emoji is now embedded in the system as an image so so not using the emoji um, and just rendering it on screen as a, as a typeface, but actually embedding it in the product or, you know, or, or in a logo, I can understand that being an issue. But yeah, I mean, if if I was Apple, I would probably be feeling good about the fact that I've become yeah, the standard, sure. the trendsetter. Surely that's a that's a good thing. It is, it is, and this is the interesting thing. I don't, I don't get it. Although I understand why they don't want emoji being used on other platforms right the fact that whatsapp yes. was using apple emoji across all platforms was was ridiculous and yes i understand why they don't want it in branding like i get i know that people will come back and say oh you know you know people know this is your emoji but still like i understand that but using it in your own platform that should totally be allowed so i don't know why they were rejecting that at all i don't get it well this and this and this is the worry and this is the thing that brings us to what happened with Slack. Yeah, so this caused Slack to kind of try and mitigate any rejection issues from the App Store. Um, and they, they stopped using uh, their... Because they didn't, have, they, didn't they have custom emoji at one point? So so what uh, the way that Slack used to work is that they would have a choice of emoji. So uh, uh, the technical, uh, like uh, low level stuff, they they take an emoji as it goes through their system and they convert it into a short code, right? Mm-hmm. So as they store it, as they store the history of a channel, they don't keep the emoji as it was. They translate the emoji into a short code. I don't know why they do this, right? However, mm-hmm. that's what they do. So when uh, when it gets rendered onto uh, a machine, rather than rendering 
in whatever font the system is using, they take that short code and then turn it into an image, an embedded image that they ship inside of their um, Electron app. Yes. And the way that it worked before is that they shipped what they called Apple style slash international style, which was Apple's emoji, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Emoji One, Twitter, and the old the old Google Hangouts. Uh, maybe it was Twitter emoji. emoji. I'm thinking of then. The the Twitter emoji was the one that I used. Yeah, I, um, I did as well because I think it was the default. Is that not? Um, no, I think the the default was the default was the. Uh, well, when we when we first got Slack, that the default was the Twitter. Uh, sorry, the Apple emoji, the Apple slash international emoji. I've never configured the emoji in Slack. I've just used whatever it gives me. And I don't like, and I remember it using the Twitter ones, not the not the Apple ones. So, and now it uses the Apple ones. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, but continue, Jules. Um, I don't know. I think maybe we had a conversation about it ages ago. Like we're talking very, very long time ago when we first set up Slack. Um, but I liked the Twitter one because the Twitter one is um, really, really simple. Mm. Uh, it's like. Um, there's no shading and stuff in it. It's it's like solid colors. It looks it looks really kind of um, generic in a good way. It looks really simple. Whereas the Apple emoji um, has a lot of shading and a lot of styling, and so does Google's. Um, they've got their own stuff going on. The, the old Google one, the old Google Hangout one that they, uh, Slack used to include, was. Uh, terrible it's that's there's those stupid ugly uh blobs that look like they're melting mm-hmm. um so i'm not sad to see that one go <laughs> um but but basically what they were doing is they were shipping multiple um versions of the emoji like rendered to images because they store it as short codes and then they turn the yes. short codes into images and so on now just to to give you like a side issue that was part of this mm-hmm. People had been asking Slack to update to support the new um, emoji standard because it doesn't support all the variations that emoji does support as part of the latest Unicode standard, which, by the way, I can't remember the number. <laughs> um, so that includes like, um, you know, uh, different genders for zombies and skin tones for postmans and all this kind of, you mm-hmm. know, all the different things, all the, all the professions and so on. And they don't support that. So they probably had this thing on their backlog, support all these different types of emoji. And then this issue that Apple have um, have created has come up. And I think what they've tried to do is kill two birds with one stone here mm-hmm. by saying, okay, well, let's just have two different types of emoji. If you're on iOS, we will show Apple's emoji, which supports all of the stuff. And if you're on any other operating system, we'll show Google's emoji because Google's emoji is um, very permissive in the license. Uh, anyone can use it. You can embed it. You can do what you want with it because Google have just you know put it out in the world. Yeah. The problem for me is that I used to use the Twitter ones and now I am forced to see the Google ones. And I don't get a choice now. I used to have a choice and now I have and, no and, choice. And on top of that, the Google ones are disgusting. Actually, they are disgusting. They're really bad. Mm, horrible. It's very bad. They've got they've got a weird shading on them. They like they got like a yeah, like the bottom weird. is all dark. It just it just doesn't look right at all. It looks really really weird. And also, it doesn't have the same like. I mean, just 
the Apple ones feel very, uh, you know, refined, um, kind of high standard and glossy and shiny and high quality. Those ones don't at all. They feel like someone drew them in paint. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Now, personally, I am not that keen on the fact that the Apple ones are all shiny and glossy and, and all the rest of it. That It's not my, that's not sure. the decision that I would go sure. with. But I, I completely 100% agree with you that it seems as though um, Google's is trying to do that. But rather than handcrafting those little gradients, which you know the people over at Apple are doing, like really, really making sure that it looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Instead, they've just gone and we'll just put a little bit of gradient here and just gone with a gradient without actually considering it. So it feels like they've tr- they, it's a poor imitation of Apple's. That's they, it yeah. has got its own style, and you know you've seen the Microsoft ones, and I know Mike, the Microsoft ones aren't your cup of tea either because they are no. um, they're actually rendered as a as a multicolor um, typeface. So it's actually uh, font technology that's doing this. There are no images involved, which is why there's no gradients in them. It's just layers of color, solid color, on top of each other. Right. And, um, that's, that's how they've done it. Um, that's how the, the technology is implemented into windows, which is just a different approach, um, to how the other, uh, companies have done it. Uh, it means that, you know, it's completely, you can scale it all the way up, scale it all the way down. Um, and it supports, you know, white backgrounds, black backgrounds and all the rest of it. That's just the way that they've done it. Um, and I know you don't like that look, right? But at least they look like they've been designed to fit into that. They've got some technical, you know, they chose a particular type of technology and they built the um, the images for the emoji into that te- technology and they look like they are, you know, a family. They, they look like they're, they're part of the same design system. They look good. Sure. Um, whereas, like I say, Google's looks like they don't have their own style, right? It, like Twitter's had their own style. Google's don't look like that. They do look like they are a, a, a poor imitation of Apple's. And, you know, I've, emoji is one of those things where it produces, um, in, in, I noticed myself that I was quite annoyed by this change, right? Because suddenly when I do a smiley face, it's, that's not the way I wanted it to look, right? I feel like I'm being forced to portray this emotion in, a, a way that form. I don't agree with, yeah. right? And and, mm-hmm. and that causes an emotional response. So what I end up doing in the end is actually going for a um, for turning them off in Slack, yeah. Uh, which is even worse. Well, in some ways, because you because now it constantly says you know slightly smiling face as a short code in, wrapped in colons, wrapped in colons. It's because it's just weird. They don't why they don't just in, like store it as emoji all the way down the stack. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because, I'm using a version of Windows that will render that, right? Mm. It is. It is weird, and I do. I do kind of feel for you. Like the, the, here's the thing: this hasn't affected me at all, and Apple, the one who kind of triggered this, yes. which is a bit, a bit weird and a bit annoying, I guess, for you guys. Uh, but I, I'm using the Apple emoji ones that I got by default, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm kind and, of untouched. Uh, one of the things that I found annoying, and we can we can link to the, my conversation with Slack that I had on Twitter, is that for the long, like straight away after it happened, their response was, now we just default to the system one. 
and and that was just completely and totally false. They they ship that Google emoji. It's it's they they're shipping it right. It's not built into my system at all. So yeah, you know, which is of it, of the machines that I use Slack on now, they all have like different emoji because the 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 Windows um, mobile Slack application is still in beta and has been since it was first put in there. Mm-hmm. But it uses the system emoji and you've got no choice. So that uses the Windows emoji. And then if I turn emoji on on my PC, I get the Google emoji and I've got no choice. So, um, and, and then if I use it on an iOS device, it's going to show the Apple emoji. So every device that I could possibly use is going to be showing a different thing now. So they, it's it hasn't leveled it at all. They've just made it worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I it's do. all triggered. It's all triggered by Apple just doing this thing. I know. And like I say, I think, I think because they had this idea of supporting uh, the the latest Unicode standards on their backlog, they were just like, right, we can now support all of the Unicode standards by standardizing on two different types of emoji. If, if you're on an Apple device, it's the Apple ones. If you're on any other device, it's the Google ones. Mm. Tick. All right, we'll just do that. And then they've uh, taken the user's choice away from them and that is such a such a painful thing to do yep on uh as for for software to take a feature away to take your user's choice away um that obviously there's going to be backlash and there has been backlash from it yeah i, I it's interesting i so it seems like the conversation with slack is closed like they've done this and they're not going to change and like that's it right yeah, they're, they're yeah that's how it felt I, I mean, I loved, I loved the way that Slack used to interact on, yeah, on Twitter, exactly. and and this doesn't feel like that anymore. It's just like they've they, they've made this change, and they they say they've got no choice of it. Their engineers have not found a, a better way of doing it. That's the problem. They they've given up. They've just done. Right. Oh, we'll do this, and this will be enough. I'll do. Yeah, and then yeah. I haven't heard anything about the Apple side of things and the App Store side of things in a while, so I'm not sure what the situation is there. Uh, I'll try and find something for the next episode, but. Uh, Seems like the conversation hasn't ended there, and it's a bit annoying that the conversation has ended with Slack. So, I guess we'll have to follow. We'll see if there's anything to to follow up with in the next the next kind of the next episode. Jordan, a quick one. Mm. We've we've been sorting this house out, and we we got some burgers the other night. Yeah, yeah, we did. And then we had to go and get. A knife and fork set early from the wrong place we then we planned to, because you wanted to use a fork with your chips, which is typically finger food. Why? Yeah, but, but they weren't just chips, were they? They had sauce on. Yes, they had baconase on it. You can't yes. eat baconase chips with your fingers, uh, and it had all the. Nah, it's just. <laughs> you can't. Right. You totally. Yeah, can. like. No, because the fingers get way too baconazy. So you're supposed to love what it. I like to do. Get no, all up in it. Like, do, and you, I like, you get I like your fingers the messy. Then, then you lick I them like off. the baconaze. And I just don't want to get it on my fingers. So I eat the baconaze fries with the pork. You're eating a burger that is dripping with your hands anyway. So your hands it are covered. It drip onto my hands. It drips onto the plate or napkin that I have placed underneath the, where the drip is. I, no, the burgers don't just... It doesn't just drip in one place, which happens to be in the middle. 
It drips, it drips in all the surface around. area, which is covered. Yeah, which is covered by a container or or, or shield shielding system that I've devised <laughs> for when I am eating my burger. I don't. Oh. There is no shielding system. It's just you, the burger, and your hands. No, it's me, the burger, my shielding system, and then my hands. I I think the shielding system would be a plate or a um set of napkins or some kitchen roll or even a force field when they're created. I will use force field. This is so wrong. I just no. Anyway, I needed the burger fork. and chips. It's like why food. why you do you drink? Why do you pour things back into a can to drink out of like? Can it doesn't make sense? Like it's the same can is a perfectly good utility for drinking out of, and a fork is a perfectly good utility. You have your hands; it's finger food. I can't drink coke out of my hand efficiently. I need something to contain it. You could use a vessel of other uh, of like Like the bottle it came in. No, no, no. it was a two liter bottle. There are problems with drinking a two liter bottle directly of coke. A glass, a glass. No, I didn't actually. I, I didn't think, have a glass available the can at thing, the time. The can, the can thing is weirder than me eating chips with a fork. I didn't have a glass available at the time. I wanted a mm-hmm. smaller drinking utility. The can is perfect. It's hand size, just like chips are hand food, finger food. You could have just eaten them with your hands and then loved it. You you were using your hands. Your hands were messy anyway. And moving on. Well, it, it doesn't really matter now because Jules, I have a fork. You've been trying an iPhone. <laughs> what an interesting segue yes I'm moving on you are I can't believe I have to live with you sometimes now (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding Julian you have been trying out my my iPhone 7 Plus that I uh, was supposed to sell and didn't sell um can you give us some background on, on why this happened and uh, what you've been using it for and how you think about it? Yeah, so originally um, I was talking to you, I was talking to you on Slack about um, uh, iPads because I use a Amazon Fire tablet to um, to like watch videos and on YouTube mostly, um, but I also used it to run a couple of other applications. And one of the problems with the Amazon Fire is that it's not um, like Google's Android. It doesn't use Google Play. And I I know I can put Google Play on it. Um, But that means that some of the applications often get left behind. Um, And, you know, I I was just considering the idea of swapping it for something else. Um, And obviously, I wouldn't really want to go for uh, an Android uh, tablet. Um, so I was thinking about Apple tablets and of course the hardware on those Apple tablets is so much nicer than the Amazon fire. The Amazon fire is like, it's like super thick. It's cheap, right? But it, but it feels cheap. Right. Um, but it'd be nice to have something a bit more premium, you know, if I was going to change it. So I had no intention of doing so. I was just kind of, you know, splitting with the idea. I was just thinking about it. And we were talking about it on Slack. And you mentioned that you you still had your iPhone and that you hadn't yes. um, sold it yet and that I could have a go with it. So I thought, yeah, you know, why not? Um, I'd give it a go and I would try, the, the primary thing was to try putting things like the, uh, the YouTube application on it um, mm-hmm. and see how it would behave. Because it when I, you know, when I watch YouTube on the Amazon Fire, it's not because I want a big screen. It's just because it's super convenient for um, 
you know, for, for bedtime, I don't want to be using a, I don't want to be using my big surface book for stuff like that. I don't, I don't want to be in like work mode. I don't want to have all this task switching and the ability to, you know, load up Visual Studio. Yeah. I just want to have, uh, you know, a Minecraft video or something on. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd, I'd try it for that. So that's, that's why, um, that's why I gave it a go in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it has been, um, quite an interesting experience. Um, some of the stuff has been really good and uh, some of the stuff has been really, really uh, weird, like, like really, really weird in the UI. Um, right. But first of all, you know, as far as the good things are concerned, um, some of the applications that I use on the Amazon Fire are also on, on the, on iOS, obviously. And they're, they're just really good. They're really, really good on, on iOS. Um, you know, just generally applications are, are just a lot better on iOS yeah, um, there's, there's certainly an Android and a good level of quality there, which is why I, I do love the platform a lot. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just I feel like so the Slack app, for example, is uh, you know way better on iOS than the version that's on on Windows Mobile, and the version of Windows Mobile is not is not great, and it has been basically left to rot by Slack because it's been in beta since it came out. It it lacks a lot of features. Um, you know, they just never bothered with it. Whereas the iOS version, of course, has a lot more users and therefore is a better application. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get this with like anything, anything that you can kind of think of, you know, that they, they tend to be better on iOS. They just are. Um, yeah. And I don't tend to use a lot of these applications, but um, there are a few apl- applications that I would use if I had them. So those are the kinds of ones that I've, I've yeah. been so, uh, playing with. Obviously, this has been a limited kind of experience. You've been mostly focusing on, uh, you know, using it for, as that, that kind of like a bedroom uh, video device uh, for YouTube. That was the original intent, yes. yes. However, however. You've been experiencing with it. The interesting thing, well, I, I would find it very interesting to see you. Obviously, this is not something you can just do. Um, but to see you use similar apps to what I use and using things like Fantastical for the calendar. And, uh, I mean, to do this is a pretty well, so, terrible app. But. I mean, I put, I've put, I've put Outlook and OneNote and to do and edge and all those. They're kind all of like really poor so applications. Uh, the, the OneNote applications for iOS to me, they, 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 they work. You can do stuff in them, but they just don't seem fully there and also the it's, yeah i would say the one one though is not as good as the uwp exactly and, phone, but it's but it's not bad it's not bad and the the thing about the microsoft apps they've definitely taken their own spin on you know on, on the ios platform it doesn't feel and I, I, it's, i'm not saying this is a bad thing or a good thing or if that they shouldn't do it or they should do it um i just think it, there's there's definitely a, a different uh feeling to the Microsoft related apps on iOS than there is on any other app on my phone that is done by an indie developer or you know someone who has only ever worked on iOS you know yeah and the, that so ecosystem. I mean quite frankly the the applications that I've used that have been very iOS like uh, haven't been great the the ones that use their own that tend to use their own design language and their own system yes they may still have their uh, buttons in the same place as, as other iOS apps, but just tend to use their own design language and or whatever. Yeah, uh, have been better. Um, 
that's just the, that's just my experience so far. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I haven't gone off and used like a custom calendar app or anything like that because that wasn't really my intention. No, I'm, I'm not in, saying you in should. The first place. But it'd be interesting to see you use some of the applications that I use and the, the kind of the ecosystem that I use to see how 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 you got on with that and not just sticking to the the, the Microsoft version of iOS apps. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like a lot of these applications that I use uh, for productivity are available on iOS anyway. So those are the ones that I've kind of gone to yeah, uh, to install um, and I've given them a go. I, it, it is not replacing my phone. It hasn't replaced no. my phone right now, but I have been, I have been keeping it with me. I, I enjoyed using teams on it the other day. Um, we did a video call on teams using it. Ah. That was, that was a nice experience. I, I guess, I guess the whole point as well is that you're not, looking at this to replace anything it's to be in addition to your existing um, ecosystem yeah it would be it would be in addition to an existing ecosystem which is which is uh, the way that i'm kind of positioning it now originally it was purely to replace the yeah. amazon fire it's not going to do that because um one of the things that i have noticed and uh, this was one of the first applications that i noticed it on is that the youtube application on ios is absolutely covered in in adverts mm. Now, yes. this this seems to be the norm for iOS, right? Everything's everything is just filled with adverts all over the place. Now, um, the I know it's probably a special case, but me using the Amazon Fire has no adverts on YouTube, and I right. know this is probably a special case, but uh, because it's using the mobile version of the website probably through Android browser or something. Mm-hmm. It's obviously got, it's obviously incapable of using the advertising technology that Apple, sorry, that um, Google usually uses. So for whatever reason, it doesn't serve up ads. It doesn't serve up ads uh, in the middle of videos. It doesn't serve up ads before it. And it doesn't do what I've seen on iOS, which is to serve up ads for applications in the app store, like as you scroll around. So you like scroll down on a video before the comments appear. It's got like an advert. Yep. And it's an advert to something in the app store. Yeah. Now there is a there is a much higher user base on iOS, so I guess sure. it is the prime sure. target, which is it's a yeah, shame. Absolutely it's horrible. But I, the same thing happens on my on my uh, Windows phone. If I go to the YouTube website, I don't get adverts, and I know you've shown me that it does do it on yes. Safari. So I so I know that I know that that's a special case. Mm-hmm. But for that reason, I haven't been using YouTube on it. Right. Um, Instagram. I had no idea about this. Instagram is full of adverts. It is. Every other, every other thing when you scroll down the feed has adverts in it. I, I wouldn't Doesn't say every other, but yeah, I mean, usually you get like there's a, a there's quite a three, few. And then Messenger, Messenger, Facebook Messenger has adverts in it. It has, um, is it? it, yeah, it's got, it's, it's, it has just adverts for stuff in it. Even the, 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 the news feed, as you scroll through in Facebook, it has adverts in it. Oh, it does, doesn't none it? None of those things, none of those things are on Windows Mobile. And uh, that's using an official Facebook app and the official Messenger app, they, uh, the official Instagram app. They're just not there. So I assume whatever they, whatever library that they use just, just isn't available on Windows Mobile. So they just haven't bothered because the, um, because the uh, market's so mm. low. You know, the bad thing but is that I, I didn't even notice that Messenger ad- ads, but now I see them so clearly. This is going to ruin my experience, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, I just, it's it's been eye-opening because I didn't know, I had no idea that it was like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, so and to be fair. I hate that kind of thing. I would, that that kind of thing is like, I would rather pay for a service than have adverts in it. 
um, the the Twitter application. Okay, so and yes, I know. Before we get know, on to the Twitter that. application, um, just to say the Instagram app, I know there is, there's ads on there. There's the sponsored things, and they typically group them. So sometimes you can have two or three of them in a row. I am. I actually don't mind them on Instagram. Like they try and relate them, which is you know okay, and you know they'll try, but they'll never succeed fully. Um, try and you know get something perfect, but. They also, they seem to fit in with the timeline. They're quite tasteful. And I think the worst thing about ads on the web is that, you know, they're like, you got this website that's white background with red, you know, like red, right? It's a terrible example. And um, when it comes to showing an advert on that site, you've got something that flashes in and it's blue and then it's white and, you know, like, a, you know, and then it's like a crazy colors and because people don't design their adverts to the web to fit in mm-hmm. to any specific website it's for any website so they've got to make them stand out and be all crazy right and animated so where this does differ from adverts on the web and being more annoying is that there is a design choice there instagram are and same with facebook i guess are you know tailoring those ads to the to the platform so they do fit in especially with instagram i think instagram's got a very uh heavy design focus yeah, they, team. They, they look very similar to a normal exactly a normal so post. sometimes you don't even notice them um mm. but yeah twitter i mean i noticed them straight away because i'm just not used to them mm. yeah the, the twitter application so it's my understanding that the twitter application on windows is behind it doesn't yet support the updated um you know, character limit. And I believe that based generally Twitter is just moving to use progressive web apps, right? So they're going to stop making the custom um, applications for desktop and uh, the UWP version will probably become a PWA that's wrapped up. Fine. Fair enough. I know that that's what's going on, but this is the first time that I've used the uh, Twitter application for iOS for many, many years. Keep in mind, I used to have an an iPad a very long time ago and I did have Twitter on it then. Um, my goodness, what a mess. It's yeah, not know, right? in chronological order. It's nope. got stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. It like pops things up and it's like, you may like this. Notifications like, no of random know. crap that you don't care about. Horror? It's, it's terrible. It's, just, it's really, really, really bad. Like the whole experience is way worse than the experience that I have on Windows. And I get that, it, that my experience is, you know, behind the times but it just shows a chronological list yep. of the tweets mm. without adverts and without crap in yep. it's more basic in that way in the way it's rendering well, the that's feed. the way i like but I it's a better well. experience that's yeah, what sure twitter is. used to be and it's, it's really eye-opening to see that that uh, you know the big the big ios apps that as well you know yeah, say the big yeah things like social networks like facebook mm-hmm. twitter instagram and those kinds of things the experience is worse because the apps are more modern and yes. that is a really like bad thing to so, see it's it it kind of um i wouldn't you know i i think we'll go through phases and think the experiences will get better but seeing that makes me think that okay this is the peak of of apps today it's not a nice experience and you know, I I don't think I will be using those applications on iOS uh, more than I would on the the current experiences that I use now on on Windows. Um, 
So we'll see. But that's been really eye-opening. Yeah, so Twitter is... Uh, when I first got like an iPod Touch years ago, when it had you know early versions of iOS on it, and I think even maybe when I fir- got my first iPhone as well, um, very early on before I switched, um, I'd used the Twitter app, and it wasn't like this. It was it was okay. Then I switched to using Tweetbot on all of my iOS, devi- iOS devices, and I have done ever since, like very early on in, in my iOS career, I guess. Um, and I haven't, so I don't see any of this crap. I know that the Twitter app does this this awful, awful stuff where it sends you things like, oh, have you seen this tweet from this guy that you've never been interested in or shown any interest in? Or, you know, these people followed these people. And it's like, I don't care why. I don't care who follows who. Like, don't tell me. Uh, also, the adverts. And then the final straw as well is 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 the non-chronological order. And the tweet bot doesn't send you any yeah, of that mental. crap. It's in order. And it also gives you completionist features like the count of how many tweets to go, which I'm addicted to. Um, and, you know, you don't get any adverts. You don't get any crap. It's great. And the, the thing that freaks me out here is that jordan still uses that twitter app which which twitter app the default one yeah is he even here well i mean i would i would use there the default is. one if, if he's he's there like so There's nothing wrong with using the default twitter app we're just giving I mean, like four or five reasons why it's terrible but this is the, the problem is that that just means that twitter's terrible i mean that's mm. just that's all it means so I, I just loaded it up now right so the the top thing that i see is a tweet from nine minutes ago so the, uh, just on the main screen mm-hmm. now my, judging by my twitter feed nine minutes ago will not be the last tweet that happened on my feed so as i scroll down the next thing is a advert for toyota right and then below that in case you missed it and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tweets are inside that in case you missed it thing. And then the next one is Bet Bull, which is a advert for sports betting. I don't know. I don't know why on earth they would think I'd be interested in that. And then I scroll down and that's a and then it's a real tweet from eleven minutes ago, thirteen minutes ago. And so then some then some real stuff, but I have to go through all this this crud to get down. Yeah, to get further down. I don't know if if, if, if this is already mentioned that, but Twitter has finally grown this year in terms of revenue and 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 money. So it's the first time in forever that this has happened, which is yeah kind of strange. It which is, is kind strange. of strange. Everyone's kind of waiting for the downfall of Twitter, you know, for it to just go and say yeah we're, we're, we're bending this off uh, i think the problem is jules that it is to, to, to someone like you like it's obvious right that facebook has adverts right and facebook is, is just it's just full of advertising and you just you see it every time you look at an app that's by facebook like instagram and you're like oh God, i just don't want to see this right like you would probably yeah. pay not to see this stuff right yeah i would yeah but most people, when they use Facebook and Messenger, they're kind of, it's just indoctrinated into their psyche now that this is there and I will just ignore it. This is a part of it, right? So it's just like noise to them that they don't see. But this doesn't excuse the Twitter stuff. Like, this, the Twitter stuff is so much worse. Twitter is so much worse because Twitter is a microblogging platform. There is less to look at on the app, right? It is, you just see tweets. Yeah? So the idea of the adverts is more prominent. Like it, to you, when you see ads on Twitter, it's like, oh, 
threads and Twitter. When you see admin and Facebook, you kind of don't notice them like as much. But that's because Twitter is a much has a much smaller surface area of features and yeah, what it does. You're right. You're right. And in but, in in Facebook, they're less noticeable than in say Messenger or Twitter. Yes. Adverts. You they, know, you, adverts are not the problem with Twitter for me. Like I get it. It has adverts, right? Like it, mm. Facebook, and I could get over messing that, around right? with the timeline. The timeline thing, and the worst. The, all right, timeline thing is really bad. But sending me notif- push notifications about someone like I could get a notification right that says Jordan follows Jordan followed uh, Julian yeah, on Twitter. I, I mean, that I hate that. It's so stupid. Oh yeah, and this is happening, and this is happening. I refresh my notifications, and what happens is I, it goes, "You've got three notifications," and it goes, "Oh look, someone's just tweeted. Seven people have tweeted." It's like I don't right. care. That that. I cannot, cannot stand. Like, I, I really cannot stand that. That is the single hmm, worst yeah. thing about it. And yeah. so I, I've, I've I turned all the notifications of off because, because I'm not really using them on this epic, on this machine anyway. But you still, when you go onto Twitter, when you still go onto it and refresh, it still says you've got notifications, right? Like, you know, in the I bottom, don't, I don't it know. will do. It will do. It won't, it won't well, notify you the, as in from. I mean, the thing is, I turned it off, but I, sh- I think I sent you guys a screenshot where the lock screen just had a load of tweets on it. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't understand where they were coming from. I didn't understand why, which is why I went in and turned it all off. But just, just generally back to iOS, it's, it's been eye opening because I'm seeing this from all these big players way more than I ever have on windows because of the fact that presumably the windows platform is less mature and therefore doesn't, which is a bizarre thing to say, but you know, from the, I wouldn't say it's less mature. It just doesn't have, the, the user base the right? user base yeah it doesn't have the user base which actually is pretty good for you considering that you come from a world where you don't see ads because the all these big application developers have gone oh we don't care about putting ads on windows <laughs> it's just like it's a blessing and a curse right oh no one uses those phones yeah. just target the ones where people actually use them yeah, but yeah. it's it's a blessing and a curse because yes, you don't get the ads, but then you don't also you also don't get the applications or the exactly. hardware exactly. or the software updates that you would want at the same pace. Yeah. So it's just like ugh, mind air. So okay, so just to just to give a, a couple more things I want to say about iOS because you might have more questions I don't know, but sure. Um, so those are the applications that are the kind of free social networking applications I've noticed are more up to date, but in some ways the experience has is is worse in that way. Um, other applications, so obviously I installed a lot of, a lot of the Windows applications, sorry, the Microsoft applications. So like, um, you know, uh, OneNote and uh, um, Outlook and Word and OneDrive and all that kind of stuff. And they've all been mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, no complaints on, on, on that side. They're all uh, really good. Um, the Amazon Kindle and Audible, again, all really good. They don't have like horrible adverts in and things like that. They're just... Uh, any more than they do normally um they're just you know uh they're just good they're just well done you know the the audible app is is nicely done you know we've got a good audio audible app on windows as well but it's just it's nicely done um so those kind of ones have all been really really useful and they're all applications i use anyway the interesting one was the fact that something like tesco groceries application um my, uh, Tesco's made one for Windows a very, very long time ago and abandoned it because it was just, it was really bad. They made, it was really badly made. They, uh, and they obviously didn't see the users on it. So I installed the Tesco's grocery app to try out and I did my shopping that way instead of doing it through the website. Mm-hmm. Worked really well, uh, which was really nice. Same with the bank applications. Uh, you know, I don't have those on Windows. I always use the website, the application quite nice on 
on iOS. So those kind of things have all been positive. So, you know, big, you know, social networking apps aside, all the kind of middle ground apps like uh, banks and Tesco's and, you know, Amazon and all those kind of things in the middle, um, really, really, really good. Mm. And uh, same with the games. Uh, game performance is really good on the device. So overall, that big, you know, um, the, all those applications I don't tend to have, they have been quite good on here. So I, I've been quite impressed by that side. Um, the uh, obviously the hardware is really nice. Um, kind of goes without saying. Uh, I yep. mentioned to you, bef- I mentioned to you that one of the, my favorite things about the hardware is the tactic feedback. Yes, I'm a bit, I'm a bit disappointed that they haven't put it in more places, but it's delightful. It's really, really nice, and I would love to see that um, on you know Windows yeah. devices or other devices as well because it's just it's really, really, really nicely done. Um, I'd like to. I wonder if they've got similar things on the, um, it makes me wonder if they've got similar things on the Mac. Like if, when you're switching, does, does the touchpad react in the same no. way when you like switching so buttons? No. There's, as far as I'm aware, there's nothing that triggers haptic feedback unless there's some apps that, have, that you know, managed to integrate right. with an API that I don't know of. But you have the force clicking, which, yeah. which does it oh, more yeah. than, than, yeah. So that's what it's used for on the Mac. But, but that's that is really nice. So the hardware is really nice. I haven't actually used headphones with it yet, so that hasn't been a problem. I, I use Bluetooth headphones anyway, so right. it doesn't really matter. Um, so the the other thing that I wanted to talk about is the actual operating system itself. And wow, <laughs> it's like what a mess. There's there's what? like uh. there's like a, a thing that's that comes. Uh, oh, there's the thing on the on the when you scroll to the left on on the on the main I don't even know what it's called the main home screen. There's a thing that comes down from the top, but it's different to the other thing that comes down from the top. There's a thing that comes up from the bottom. The 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 keyboard. Uh, I, oof, I don't know where to start on how bad the right. keyboard is. I, and then you've just got this massive sea of icons, right? Because there's no there's no way of hiding them. And organizing them into folders, my word, you have to like, you drag one on top of another one and that creates a folder. And then when you, if you want to take something out of a folder, you go inside it, you have to swipe left and right inside this weird folder thing to find the thing that you want. And you tap and hold on it and you have to drag it off and let the folder disappear to then place it on that. All of that is horrible. It's so bad. Okay, so yeah, that was the way before. With iOS 11, you can actually increase that speed and productivity. Well, do it quicker by uh, using the other hand to, of other fingers to click around in various places. So you can click, oh, you can, can you, dra- you okay. can with well, one hand, with one finger, hold an icon and drag it, have it in drag mode, click your home screen, and then click another folder and just put it in there. And it's. I'll, I mean, I'll definitely try that, but um, the. I, to me, it just seems like um, it's so it's so um, old fashioned. It's yeah, so like, it is. It is that hasn't been changed until now. But the other time. things, like that that pulling down to do a to do a search, and then then going across and seeing that other thing that has a search on it, they should be the same thing. I don't know what's going on there. And the pulling down from the top, and uh, like there's like at least three screens that should just be one screen. Um, 
I don't even know what they're called. You know, the one on the left right. that has so like you, widgets and shit in it? You've got Spotlight when you drag down, not from the top on the home screen, so anywhere on the view, which gives you search in the Siri app suggestions and also search yes, suggestions. Yes, that, that, that thing should be the same as the widgets thing. And then left, and yeah, you've got widgets and then you've also got Spotlight at the top. Yeah, and should also be integrated with your notification. They should just be one thing. I don't know why they're, they're multiple things. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can actually put Siri suggestions as well on top. Yeah, you can Siri app suggestions on the the left um, widget screen. Oh anyway. yeah, I have them. I have them there. Right, They're I've got them disabled. I don't. Know. Um, but that means that there's that means that that's, that search thing is just redundant. I don't know. But um, the so you know this this is this is a mess, and I'm sure that they're working on a, a wonderful solution for it. And that when it comes out, everyone's going to praise it. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure they they must be because they must know that this is horrible. The thing the thing that um, the thing that really got me, and I mentioned this to you guys, and you, I, I, I don't think you get it because I was talking to Jordan about it, and I was trying to explain it. Um, the lack of a of a back button. Yeah, I don't get this. It's, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I never noticed how much a back. How you, I don't know how it works. If it works the same on Android as as on Windows, but it's so useful to have um a, like the back button there and it feels so clunky not to have it in in ios and i don't i know that they have like this swipe in from the left across the screen gesture to go back in some places yeah but, but it doesn't work this, it doesn't work the same as the back button does you are and you're in a, you in a situation like where you're controllers in, typically have the bars at the top with with back buttons and arrows and stuff yeah at the top which is just like the worst place to put them it's it's very strange i I, i'm still maybe we'll talk about this one again because i'm i'm still trying to get to grips of of why it feels so yeah i think we should formalize 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 something a bit more more profound with this one i guess um rather than yeah i I, because i think this one needs more discussion because it's it is very, very weird. It feels like part of the part of it is missing, right? Like if they'd had a back button from day one, uh, I think you know everyone would just assume that that, that should, you should always have a back button because navigating back is is something that is that it happens in iOS, right? It happens in all the oper- in all of these operating yeah. systems. Going backwards is just it happens. Anyway, I, I think right. that the the idea of a button is something that may seem quite antiquated to to iOS and Apple. I think that they they try and do things by gestures more often because people are used to just being able to chuck you know their fingers in a certain direction and say, "From doing this, I should get you know this thing," and that that is probably why. I mean, I'm not certain again, but it, but it doesn't. I mean, the, the, that gesture doesn't behave the same way as a back button does on right. On, on which is also something that might, is it like again might not be required on ios or we do it differently i'm not oh no sure. it's definitely it's definitely required well, that's, the, that's, that's your opinion coming from but there's a button that does it on the screen you get these you get this weird thing where you've got these two back buttons at the top left hand corner one takes you back into the application that you were in previously and the other one takes you back in, yeah again i inside mean inside the application that that is so poor. That, they that are required poor, right but... because they're there they're there in the system it's just that you don't have one way of accessing those that common uh, behavior because the gesture doesn't doesn't do that. So uh, the applications are built in a way that require this. It it's doesn't have ten no, actually. 
So, oh, does it? Right. So, so it's is it, different yeah, on the open tent. Maybe it's better. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, so, and I'd be interested to see that. Okay, I think that's that's probably what we'll do. I'll have a look at your iPhone yes. 10, and then we'll have another discussion about it. But I thought I'd mention that one because that one was that one's been weird. Yeah. And you know, I've been talking to you guys about it. I am not. I'm, in no way am I like dissing this operating system because it has been, and I'm thankful for the opportunities to try it out. It has been really, really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's been eye-opening. You know, as a, as a person who crafts software experiences, this has been an eye-opening, um, you know, uh, exercise. I've found it really, really, really interesting. But um, that one in particular has uh, kind of made me see that perhaps you guys don't know what you're missing because you've never had it does that make sense mm, yeah, yeah cool. same, I, I, same, I think same goes for each platform though I've, there's, there's trade-offs right oh yeah it's, i'm it's sure not, and there's, there's, there's stuff on on all the platforms but yeah. um i will say that it has been super interesting straight ios yes and um i'm i haven't swapped my sim card over um i'm still continuing <laughs> to use my lumia 950 for the majority of the stuff but um, I'm going to continue to to play around with iOS, uh, especially with the applications, to to find out more about it, uh, because it has been a, a super interesting experience. And one thing that you did is is you downloaded pretty much all of your purchase list or you know previously downloaded list from years and years ago. Yeah, um, yeah loads. Which loads of has some some applications that are cool, but some that are also badly designed or minimal or limited or hasn't been updated so um but yeah i'll be interested to see maybe we can we can have a discussion in person uh, about the the iphone 10 and then we'll we'll follow up on the podcast yeah i think that'd be good okay so um i don't really have too much to say about this now uh basically uh, i i did uh, i've kind of come down from it but Moving on to some field notes talk. Um, I was using the Haxley field notes uh, in January, and I actually had to to skip them like mid use. I was, I, which I've never done before. I've never personally done before. Yeah, I was going to say that's the first time you've done that. Isn't yeah, it? and I, like I'm totally okay with that. That's something that has to be done sometimes. Maybe you know, something's not working. Um, but it's just a bit of a shame to see this actually happen with with the field notes because I've never had to before. Um, so the Haxley field notes, they're a, they're a really nice pack, but they have a flat spine and it's really, really tough, which means that you, you can't extend it. You just can't really get in there. It feels smaller than it already is. And with, with, mm-hmm. with other field notes that have a softer, you know, rounded spine compared to the flat, you know, uh, I don't, uh, George, you're gonna have to give the words for this cause I don't actually know. Um, it's the it's, I actually I can't remember the name of this type oh, of great. binding, but it's a, it's a completely different type of binding. Yeah. The 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 normal field notes are just stapled together. It's right. just uh, you know um, uh, all of the pieces of paper are just put together yes. and then stapled through the middle, and then the whole thing is just folded over that staple. Exactly. Whereas this has multiple folded uh, bits of paper that are then binded and glued together with a spine on it. Yeah, and it means that like the ones that are stapled, they they fold out flat and. They may be small notebooks, but there's a lot of space there. There's a lot of, there's, you yeah, know, it's open, open, right? Yeah. But with the Haxley ones, they're constantly like on your on your arm, you know, covering you or trying, you can't fully squash them down. And there's just not that much space there. And it really, really bugged me. And I had to skip them. So, yeah. and, and Julian, I think you've, you felt this too. 
Yeah, it's such a good-looking addition. Um, it's good-looking on the outside, I, and some of the drawings inside, but the also the addition of the non-straight lines, I guess that's a design feature yeah. that just bugs it's me. A, it's a quirky design feature. It is. Um, but I think for the kind of things that, that we tend to use these notebooks for, it's unfortunately, it's not ideal. No. But it is, I mean, it's a it's a, a beautifully made edition. It's got the like glowing front and, you know, the beautiful yeah. illustrations. It's, it's, it's really nicely made, but I totally get, I totally get that it wasn't, it's not what you would normally use. It's not what I would normally use either. No. And I had difficulty with the black ice edition. So, yeah, same. Um, but I, for I, that, that, reason. Was, that was a bit softer. Like it was, it you could, you could push that to the point where it was. Yeah, you could. Even. This yeah, you it was easier. It was easier to handle. This is really thick. I think also um, the dime novel edition uses similar binding, right? Um, but because it's such a larger book, it doesn't feel like you, you you're running out of space. Whereas actually, if you try and open it up on any page, I mean, I I haven't used my edition, but I did open it up when mm-hmm. you mentioned this, and I just kind of I tried to to uh, envision it myself. I totally get what you're saying. It feels like it feels cramped because you do, it doesn't open fully. And if you do open it fully, then you're damaging the spine. And right, you know, I think I think you made the the right decision of just going. Oh well, you know, it's not working for me. I'll switch uh, because you, the last thing you wanted these these notebooks are for us to use yes. for um, you know for actually doing stuff. There's no point. There's no point suffering on mm-hmm. and using an edition that you don't like. Yeah, it's a shame because it's such a beautiful edition, isn't it? It is. And the thing that worries me now is that I've I've ordered some some extra ones that are in I think they're called the signature collection. They also have flat yeah, spines. And they if do. This did becomes, you have did you use your dime novel? I didn't actually because they're they're quite large and I didn't have They are quite large. Yet. The signature ones are the same size as the dime novel. Okay, well, I'll be able to try them out, um, which is a good thing. I, like you've just explained that, you know, that extra size may help, or the extra space, sorry. Yeah, because it is still, it still doesn't fold out to give you all the space in the same way. Yeah. But it, because it's larger, it does fold out a lot better. Mm-hmm. But also because it's larger, it feels like you're not missing as much stuff. I, I think the, right. the Dime Novel Edition is quite a nice size. So I'm a bit worried that this may become a more common thing and... Well, you know, we're going to start losing maybe the the staples, which will be a shame for a lot of. I, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see another edition that has this exactly. Um, it, like maybe one a keep year. Keep in mind, which is if that becomes if that if, if it's one a year, that's one a year that I'm missing out on because if it's well, too tough, yeah, then it, it's not. Keep in keep in mind usable. that we've only uh, apart from the dime novel, which was a different size as well. Mm-hmm. We've only ever had the black ice that has this binding as part of the actual color subscription. Haxley was a separate um, edition that was available on their website. Right. And the signature edition is also uh, a stock edition for them now because the people like the dime novel size. So the signature edition is my understanding that this is now stock. So you'll be able to, there's, there's not a special edition. It's just, you'll be able to get them moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they have both, is it lined and plain versions, which have different colored colors, yes. color, cover, colored covers. We'll see. I've actually ordered some, so we'll see when they turn up. Same. Um, I've also got some but, more um, as well. There's been quite a few. And then we've got a, a subscription yes, as well. And then we've got the subscription color. Yeah. There's at least, I'm waiting on at least two packages from Field Notes now. Yeah. And then there's going to be the um, the spring edition, which we're, we're still waiting yep. for, which I don't believe they've sent off yet. Um, but I don't know. I think I think maybe there will be one more. I wouldn't be surprised to see another edition with that 
binding. Mm-hmm. But seeing as they've got, you know, the, the Haxi out with that particular binding, which is in the normal size, and they've got the signature edition, which is in the dime novel size as stock editions now, I doubt they'll make another one that looks exactly like it as a color subscription. Because I just, I just, you know, they use color subscription to introduce new sizes like they did with the arts and science and, and which has now become like the standard large size. Mm-hmm. But they don't tend to revisit that again. Right. Like what they'll, they'll do a one-off uh, to try out something on the color subscription with a size, but then they don't tend to then revisit that size. So yeah, I don't, I'm guessing, but I, I don't think we'll see another dime novel size one in the color subscription. And I doubt but i might be wrong but uh that we'll get one with this particular binding again um that's the same as the as the mm. Haxley. I, but i might be wrong we'll see i i hope not <laughs> it sounds really bad we, like you I'm still quite open at the end of the day you've, you've still got loads and loads that have yes. the staple yeah, bindings we're right we're, <laughs> same we're, as we're me covered. we're good not gonna run out we're not gonna run out i actually need to choose uh my next field notes so that's um that's going to be fun. It takes me a while to decide. Um, the 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 one that I just finished was the Helvetica Objectified and nice. urbanized nice. um, design film trilogy one, which seems to have like I don't know. It got dirty. It got dirty real quick. This particular one. Yeah, didn't surprise me. Probably probably because I was eating chips with my fingers or something. But um, the, I need to decide what's what's next, and I, I don't really know. I have to go through my. Uh, my stash of field notes to pick one. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Movis Podcast. You can go to moviespodcast.com slash 18 for the show notes of today's episode. You can also tweet us your questions at Movis Podcast on Twitter. I'm Andrew Hathaway on Twitter. Julian is at Julian K. And Jordan is at Jordan is on fire.